Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome. And thank you for listening to this first female sex podcast. I'm not sure how this one's going to go, how long it's going to go, and how I'm going to keep my thoughts in order. Normally, I like to do edited videos, the ones I post on YouTube, because I get to cut out the things that go sideways when I'm recording. Sometimes I can't keep all of my thoughts together and I find myself explaining things that shouldn't need to be explained. But for this one, I'm going to keep it unedited. I'm just going to keep going along. I have my notes in front of me. And this podcast, the link to the podcast will be available for download on the female sex blog. That is the female sex at I think it's blogger.com. I'm going to post the link under this video. This video will be up for nine days only. And on the 10th day, it will be removed and it will be on the female sex blog. I'm going to be sure to put all the information in the video. I haven't been on that blog in the longest time. Uh, The female sex at blogger.com. You know... Let's just keep it going because I am not going to remember that right now. Um, Just send me an email with uh, just put add me to the reading list in the object or the subject line of the email and I will just add your email address. You don't have to leave a message. Um, I'll add you and you can download these podcasts as you wish. All right, so let's just get into it. Um, this one is going to be about the awakening, the woke, and the walking dead. And then we're going to cover a lot of things to do with uh, fathers and masculinity and femininity. And we'll just see where it goes. Let's uh, just get in. <laughs> so where let's start where I left off in the last video. I was talking about the gods and how... Uh, the gods are chaotic. The god, to be a god, means to be the highest authority, the highest judge over yourself. But then I also said that to be a god means to be the chaos that makes up a part of the one, a part of the whole. And that can seem a little bit contradictory. So without having to explain all of it, I'm just going to summarize and just make it make a little bit of sense here. To be a God does mean to be able to be the highest authority, highest judge, and to be a sovereign. And even though we all are gods, we all do not recognize it. And I did say whether or not you believe it, you are a God. You are a part of the one, the whole. But a lot of us are moving around and we are not aware of that. A lot of us are not going through the awakening process. And that's what makes us chaotic. Okay. And then the gods are the ones who do recognize that they are a part of that chaos. So when you understand exactly the role that you're playing in this world, then you are able to love yourself, appreciate yourself, trust yourself, judge yourself, be the highest authority over yourself and to become a sovereign and to be able to play this game the way it was supposed to be played. Not the way that man wants it to be played, this Game of Thrones that we're seeing play out on the world stage, but the way 
that nature intended it to be played. I'm going to use the sun as an, as an example. We see the sun as this whole object, this star in the sky. But when you look inside the sun, it really is just a whole lot of hydrogen atoms moving around and banging into each other and becoming helium atoms. And those helium, the helium gases form this giant star in the sun, uh, the sky that we can, we call the sun. Now, if we think of ourselves as hydrogen atoms, you know, the hydrogen atoms are not sitting around talking about we're not a god, you know, they're not discussing their existence inside the sun, but they are playing their role. It's chaos in there. Things are colliding. Uh, hydrogen atoms are colliding and becoming helium atoms. And this is chaos that's happening inside of there. And I know people like to associate chaos with negativity, but it really is not. From chaos really does come order. And those hydrogen atoms uh, colliding, becoming helium atoms, turn into this one thing that we see as a beautiful sun that energizes us down there. So that's just to uh, help you make sense of a little bit of what I was talking about if you did see that video. And that brings me to the awakening, okay? We're going to just define the awakening, the woke, and the walking dead. And think about waking up, this thing called waking up and becoming conscious and the awakening in general. The thing that nobody will ever tell you about this is you will never wake up in this realm, in this physical realm, because you're not supposed to. The final stage of awakening is death. And when you actually do wake up, you will wake up inside of another realm. But people want to sell this idea that you can become woke or awake inside of this physical realm because they're ready to package it and monetize it. And that's why they'll sell you this idea that you can be this um, illuminated being who's awake and, you know, conscious of everything that's going on around you. The moment you become fully aware, fully aware of what's going on around you, that is the day that you are ready to leave this realm. So there is no such thing as actually being awake inside of the earthly realm, right? So the awakening is just gradually becoming conscious and enlightened. And when you finally get to the final stage, that is when you die. And that's why a lot of the time when people realize that some people are actually waking up, it's, it becomes threatening. And so those people mysteriously die. And we think that the Illuminati killed them. We say that the Illuminati killed them, right? With air quotes there. And that's because the Illuminati, quote, did kill them. The awakening or that being enlightened is what killed them. If you become enlightened and you want to spread this idea and spread this, what you believe is this greater truth, that's going to threaten what should be occult knowledge and people are going to get you for that and so that's why these people come up missing or dead or whatever because the awakening you're not supposed to actually be waking up they're okay with people selling the idea of consciousness that's okay because they know that people are selling misinformation which is going to bring me to the chakras and the planetary magic and all that. I'm going to get back to that. I just want to define woke. Now, people who are woke, 
are still under hypnosis. Okay, they are saying that they're awake, but they're actually the ones who are the most hypnotized. They're under someone else's program. They're in a daze. They are a little bit flu or cloudy. And these types of people are actually chasing death. They use substances like um, ayahuasca and mushrooms, and they're chasing these uh, psychedelic methods of trying to reach this higher realm. But what that is really is that these people are searching for death. Because like I said, when you actually become awake, you leave the physical realm. I would liken this to um, that hypnagogic phase that you're in just before you wake up. This is where lucid dreams happen in that moment, a very short moment between the sleep state and the awake state. And we call people have hypnagogic hallucinations during that stage. And that's when you're able to become lucid in the dream and be able to control the dream. This is what people want to call astral projection. And what it really is, is your brain just being half inside the dream realm and sleep realm and half inside uh, the conscious realm where your subconscious and your conscious kind of meet. And these people are living their lives like that in this hypnagogic state. Now, the walking dead are people who are still asleep. They're okay with just living the dream and chasing the dream or chasing this uh, new world dream or what we know as the American dream, as we know America is the new world. And so these people are chasing that dream and they're living that dream and they're okay. They don't want to be uh, woke. They don't want to be awake. They don't want to be conscious. They're not interested in the awakening. They just live in their best life. And that is okay to be awake, to be woke, and to be in the process of awakening is all okay because everyone is exactly where they're supposed to be in the thick of it, in the thick of the chaos. Because if there was this chaos didn't exist, then life wouldn't exist. And if life didn't exist, then the all wouldn't exist. This chaos creates the all and the all creates the chaos. So to make this make uh, further sense, I don't know um, if this makes sense to everyone, but it's not supposed to make sense to everyone. I used to think like, you know, uh, why aren't more people listening to my videos? You know, why are people so interested in this um, entertainment world and in this whole culture and in um, Instagram modeling? Like just something happened over the last five years or so where people were not interested in consciousness anymore. Um, they started I think it had to do with the monetization when they realized that they can make money off social media. That's when everybody went crazy and they just tried to do everything they can to try to make uh, money. And so, of course, money is more important than consciousness in this realm. There will come a time, though, where things will sort themselves out uh, and where things will become balanced or maybe not. You know, if I'm right about what I say, if I do believe anything that I say, then things are supposed to remain chaotic. And even if we move past the whole culture, even if we move past the monetization of consciousness and we move past wars and famine and everything that you could possibly think of that's negative in this world that we look at as chaos, even if we move past it, then what? 
the only next step when we finally get to peace or nirvana or this oasis that we're looking for the only thing that can come of that is death then earth has to it, she will eventually destroy herself because without the chaos there is no life but um yeah i see i lost track of my thoughts again that's what i didn't want to do and that's why i took some notes so let me get to uh the the awakening process i'm just going to describe the awakening process because i just want to look at what people who are actually waking up what that looks like and it like i said it's going to take a lifetime for you to even get there and then when you finally get there that will be the moment on your deathbed when you feel that thing that final orgasm that takes you into the next realm now you should if you are actually awakening then you should be able to identify all of the stages that take you to that that will take you to that place where you become awake or where you die and you move into the next realm and I'm going to use the chakra, the seven chakras as an example and planetary magic. Although I don't really, I look at these things as a guide, but I don't really believe in them fully. And I would never speak on them with authority as if, you know, I know these things for sure. You know, that all of these chakras are aligned with these body parts and all of these uh, body parts are aligned with these uh, seven parts of the earth and these uh, seven planets I'm not going to do that because I'm not an authority on that no one is an authority on that in a way you are but you will never know that you are until that moment that you do transcend until the moment that you do move on and you wake up and you move into the next realm but let's look at it anyway because as you go through life, as you are awakening, like I said, you should be able to identify the stages of your life where you had a significant event that pushed you to the next significant event and to the next phase. And so let's begin with the root chakra that's supposed to be said to be located at the base of the spine. And this is from uh, Eastern Hindu tradition. So um, you know, you know, take it as you wish, but I'm just using it, using it as an example, because I think it's a perfect example, you know, the planets and um, these chakras do align the meanings behind them. And so I'm going to use it as a guide here. And so we have the root chakra that's at the base of the spine. And this is supposed to represent your basic physical needs, your emotional, your like basic emotions. This is where your your primal state of existence is and this represents wisdom and innocence and actually the moment that you die it's going to take you back in a way to your root chakra because at your very final stage you become uh, wise and innocent all over again so this stage i would also associate it with your childhood with uh, infancy and childhood and we're going to look at it also 
in the physical sense when we're talking about sleeping, like actual sleeping, like going to bed at night and falling asleep. Like uh, we're not just talking about uh, awakening as in the physical, the um, spiritual awakening, but also the physical awa uh, awakening and physical sleep because they they will work the same way. You're going to move through life in the same way that you go to sleep at night and that you wake up in the morning. So let me continue so that it makes sense. So at nighttime, you lay down and in the morning you will wake up and this is when you put your spine to rest and it could, because your spine is what's there to support your body throughout the day. But when you're ready to go to sleep, you will put your spine to rest and so you'll lay yourself down to bed at night. And if we look at the childhood stage, this is a stage where, you know, babies are not able to support themselves fully. Um, their, their spines are not strong enough to support them fully enough for them to walk and move around and so on. And so children go through these phases where their bones get stronger and they start to build the muscles that they need to start waking up. And so this is why this chakra is supposed to be associated with the planet Mars. And that's another thing that a lot of the gods will recognize when they're hearing people talk about planetary magic and when people uh, do things like natal charts or they read your cards or they talk about the planets in general. And I'm just going to refer to it as planetary magic. But a lot of the times I'm hearing a lot of readers or who call themselves astrologists or whoever, they'll talk about the planets Neptune and Uranus and even Pluto. And these are planets that were discovered in the modern, in our modern time, okay, in the years after the Christ. And when you hear people including these three planets, then it, you'll have to, it, it would be wise to doubt a little bit of what or they're saying or to question it. Because when planetary magic came into existence, we were talking about only seven planets and the seven planets were uh, Mars in Mercury, Jupiter, Venus, Saturn, the sun and the moon. And they had other names. They, these were not the names. I believe these are the European Roman or Greco-Roman, whatever names for these planets. Uh, so these planets were, first of all, not even named this, but because we're speaking English here and this is a Germanic, you know, language based on Greco-Roman culture, we're just going to stick with the names that these planets were given. But there were only seven planets that were visible to man at the time. And so when planetary magic came into existence, we were only looking at these seven planets. So when I talk about the planets, I'm not going to include the three others and in time in the next uh, 20 to maybe 50 years or so we're going to hear that uh, Neptune and Uranus and are not even planets the same way they did to Pluto they called it dwarf planets and Neptune's already orbiting uh, the sun as if it's not even a part of in a total different direction as if it's not a part of our solar system so there will come a time when these men 
will take that back and say that, oh, the Neptune and Uranus are not actually a part of our solar system. So I'm not even going to include them in there. We're just looking at the seven planets. And at the time, of course, the moon and the sun were considered planets because we didn't know what they were at the time. They were just celestial bodies. But we're going to call them planets and we're going to refer to it as uh, planetary magic. So uh, just to summarize, right, the root chakra is associated with the base of the spine and this is associated with your basic primal needs, your most basic necessities, uh, your emotions, your purity, wisdom, and innocence. And this would be associated with your childhood. And so there should have been a an experience, I was going to say an incident, but it doesn't have to be a trauma, okay? It just has to be a memorable, memorable experience in your life that either you can remember or that your parents might have shared with you that was a significant enough event in your life that it propels you into your youth, okay? And we're going to also associate that with the moment where you're either laying yourself down to sleep or you're just about ready to get up and put your foot down on the floor and to get up again and have your spine support you. Okay, so that would be um, your root chakra. Now, your sacral, sh uh, sacral chakra is um, associated with the abdomen. And this is the part that's associated with creativity and sexuality. And um, we'll also, I will also associate that with the puberty or the adolescent phase in your life. And again, there should have been an event that took place in this specific time in your life that would have propelled you into early adulthood. Okay. And so in, if we're going to look at the actual physical sleep cycle, this is the time where you start to get hungry because it's associated with your abdomen. And, you know, at night you either get really, really hungry or when you wake up, you wake up feeling hungry. Usually it's your hunger that even wakes you up in the morning sometimes. Um, and I just want to say here that if you feel like you're hungry at night, you're supposed to sleep. Because if you get up and you try to eat something at that point in your sleep cycle, it's going to disrupt your sleep cycle and it's going to disrupt your circadian rhythm. It's going to disrupt your life cycle period. So push through it, push through the hunger and just lull yourself to sleep some other way. Don't eat food when you've already laid your spine to rest. All right. So this uh, phase in your life is supposed to propel you to the solar plexus. Oh, I forgot to mention that this is associated with Mercury, this planet. And of course, it's also the part of the sleep cycle where you get really, really horny. So just before you go to sleep, you either think about sex or you want sex. And when you wake up in the morning, a lot of men wake up with uh, an erection because it's the part of the sleep cycle where you wake up. And that's where that sexuality comes in, where you wake up feeling aroused or you're in a sexual state. So that's why it is associated with um with sexuality and with the abdomen and with creativity because this is the time when you're ready to create, you're ready to make babies and to make life. And, uh, and you know, on a flip side, if you don't have someone to make life with, then you're going to be creating other things, you know. So this is going to push you into the solar plexus now. 
which is pretty much your nervous system. And this uh, is associated with self-confidence and self-consciousness. Now, a lot of people think that to be self-conscious is a negative thing, but that depends on how you are and who you are when you become conscious. A lot of people who, um, for example, who smoke weed, they become very self very self-conscious, very self-aware and aware of their surroundings. Now, what do you do with that? A lot of people start to become nervous and that's why the solar plexus or this solar plexus chakra is associated with the solar plexus, which is part of the nervous system, is that when people become conscious, they become very nervous. And when other people become conscious, they become very calm. It's a common effect on the nervous system. So it can have a negative or a positive effect on your body. You can be start to vibrate very quickly or you can start to vibrate very slowly. And the, the thing about vibration is if you're vibrating very quickly, you're not even going to be able to tell. That's when you're going to look still. But when you're vibrating slowly, that's when you start to be nervous and you have shakes and people can uh, visibly see your nerves. And this part of your life is associated with your your early adulthood, when you do become aware of who you are. And a lot of us, we either become, uh, this is like between the ages of 25 and 35, you either become very nervous and you start doing the things that you are, that are expected of you, you know, uh, getting married and uh, pursuing a college degree or doing all of the steps needed to that you need to take in order to pursue the, the dream or to pursue the plan or someone else's plan. Now, when we look at the sleep cycle, the physical sleep cycle, you can associate this chakra or this planet of Jupiter or this nervous system or this early adulthood, you can associate that with the moment where you're laying down in bed, you've pushed through the hunger or you're trying to push through the hunger and what you're doing is you are reflecting. So you go through a lot of the things that happened in your day maybe or happened through the week and you're either reflecting or you're having a lot of regrets. Either way, you're thinking things through, you're wishing that you could have said something differently or you're wishing that you could have done something differently or you you know, you should have said that, you should not have said that and you know, you're going through your the daily events and you're trying to kind of work things out. And this is a good thing because you want to be able to um you want to be able to do better the next day. You know, we, we always get a do-over. Every day that you wake up, you get a do-over. You get to do things all over again. It's a brand new day. It's a brand new cycle. Our lives run in cycles. Every 24 hours, there's another cycle. And so you should always look at every day like, okay, I have a new start and I'm going to do something new. So when you're sitting there and you're going through all your regrets, then that's what you should be thinking of. Like, how are you going to perfect that the next day? And yes, I do believe in perfection. A lot of us tell our kids that, you know, nobody's perfect, but there is perfection. You can become the perfect you. There's no such thing as a perfect person, like in general, but you can become absolutely the perfect you. And that's when you become a god. So that brings us to Venus. And this is the only planet that I really understand the connection between Venus and the heart or the heart chakra. And this represents uh, peace and love. 
and uh, later adulthood because this is when you actually do start to understand what love is this is when a lot of us uh, have our children or we are married or we start to form relationships and bonds that you know that are unbreakable or that should be unbreakable and we form our loyalties and we understand who the people around us are and um who who is loyal to us, who we can trust, who we want in our lives. And at this point in our lives, we are also getting rid of a lot of people in our lives and our circle becomes smaller and smaller. And this is around the age of 35 to 45 that this is happening in later adulthood. And I would associate this part, uh, this chakra, this heart chakra and the planet Venus and love and later adulthood with the physical part of the sleep cycle where we're in our fantasy and imagination. So after you're done going through all your regrets and all your reflection, you start to have these fantasies. You know, it brings you to this place where you are trying to form these imaginary uh, situations like you start role-playing things in your head how you want your life to look like you know you start dreaming or daydreaming night dreaming you know <laughs> this conscious dreaming of you know marriage and love and you know, how you want scenario uh, situations to look like and the, this is the uh, part of the sleep cycle where you're not really sleeping yet at all but it's going to bring you into the sleep state because some sleep state you're you're sitting there and you're you're daydreaming I'm going to call it daydreaming I know it's confusing because it's at night you know I guess I guess it can happen in the day too but so you're daydreaming or you're fantasizing let's just say that you're fantasizing about what you want life to look like like sometimes at night I'll go through like being as I'm a single mother or whatever, I'll go through things that happen in the day with my son. And I know that a lot of the things that I do and that I say to him is going to have an impact on him for the rest of his life. And so I kind of go through that reflection of how I could have been a better mother. And then I sometimes even daydream about what it would look like if we had a man in the house, I do that a lot at night. And for the last several years, I've always come up with the conclusion that I could never have a man in the house. And this is something that plays itself out over and over again in my sleep cycle is that I go through that wondering if I was doing the right thing. And every single time it comes up that, yes, I'm in the right place and I am doing the right thing. That was interesting. Sorry about that. I actually had to stop the recording because my crazy neighbor is being arrested. And I'm just going to interrupt here for a minute because for the longest time she's been disrupting my life. And just this morning I said to my son that we needed an intervention. And she's literally outside of my door right now on the floor and the police are arresting her. And so I don't know what it's about, but I don't want to interrupt this recording again. And so if we hear any noise in the background, I'm just letting you know that that's what it is. But, you know, this is the type of thing that I mean. We can look at the world as if the Illuminati, the quote unquote Illuminati, this group that we think exists, is doing things that these powers that be, what we call the powers that be and the elite are doing these things, or we can actually look at it as, no, it's the great universe, it's the one, it's the all, it's the chaos working 
in our favor and everything is perfect. Our life is perfect. Our world is perfect. All of the crazy chaotic people in our life is perfect. And the events in our lives, all of our experiences, everything around us that's happening around us is meant to happen because of course chaos makes life. So let me just retake what I was saying about the fantasy stage. I guess I've really summarized it when you go through adulthood, you, um, in later adulthood, <laughs> you start to really think about, this is a stage where you really think about, okay, where do I want to see myself? You know, where, when I'm in retirement, you start to make plans for your retirement when you're 35, you know, this is when you want to buy your house and you want to settle down. You definitely want to get married. You definitely want to have a baby. You know, if that's the, in your life plan, whatever your life plan is, this is the part, this is the stage in your life where you really want to solidify things and get things started if you haven't yet. And this is when, you know, you start to actually, uh, start planning things or daydreaming, you know, and you should recognize an event in this stage of your life that propelled you into the next stage, into the throat's chakra, into the, um, Saturn, the planet of Saturn. And this is the Saturn, uh, the planet that has to do with communication and uh, this I would associate with your middle ages. So from the age of about 45 to 65. And in a way, the people who we call the elite or the powers that be or whoever, these people understand these seven phases of life. They know that we work in sevens or, you know, that our life stages, we have seven life stages that match the seven chakras or that match the seven planets and so on. Okay. These people understand that and they use this magic as well. And that's why we see that the retirement age is at the age of 65. Now this is that, uh, hypnagogic state that I was talking about where you're half asleep and half awake when we associate it with the physical sleep state. Okay, so this is that state when you do start to fall asleep. And it's interesting because it's interesting that it's associated with this throat chakra because during this part of sleep, it's when you start to snore. It's when you start to make involuntary noises. Like I make these little whimpers when I'm in that part of my sleep, like, like you know, and my my aunt used to think that she asked me once, "Were you molested as a child?" Now I have no memories of being molested as a child, but I halfway talk in my sleep. I don't believe that I'm saying anything sexual. But she said that the sounds that I was making, and I was about twelve or thirteen at the time, and she said the sounds that I was making in my sleep sounded sexual, and that it was this whimpering noises you know, that I make. And I hear that my son does it too. So I, you know, he's not being molested. So I don't know why we do it, but it's just, it, I guess it's this half talking to yourself a lot. Of, he talks to himself like full on conversations. <laughs> he laughs in his sleep. And uh, that's one of the most beautiful sounds to me is children laughing in their sleep. Like there's nothing more calming to me than that, to know that your child is happy in the subconscious 
you know, he's, he's subconsciously happy and his dreams are good, you know. So that's one of the most um, reassuring sounds that I've ever heard in my whole life. And so he does it too. He talks in his sleep and I do it. I, I kind of whimper in my sleep. And um, so... Uh, yeah, that's pretty much, I, I guess that's self-explanatory why that would be associated with, uh, with the, th with the throat chakra and, um, with the middle age, because at this time in your life, when you're 45 to 65, now you're just going to say whatever you want to say. You're going to communicate in any which way you want. You don't care anymore who has what to say to you. You've already made your friends. You already know what your circle is. You already had your job. You're just about to retire. You don't have anything else to prove in this life. Okay, but there should be an event in this moment in your life. And it's probably the moment that you retire. For most of us, that's the moment when uh, it's retirement that will propel you into the next phase of your life, which is the sun phase, which we associate with the third eye or the pineal gland. And this is associated with intuition. This is when you're on autopilot. And this is the when you become an elder from the age of 65 plus till the rest of your life. And this I would associate with the dream state. This is when you're actually dreaming. You're, now you're on autopilot. Uh, not a lot, but some people even at this stage, they will go into dementia and or... Uh, Alzheimer's, uh, their mental faculties will start to wane and even their physical abilities will start to, um, they'll become a little bit more feeble and a little bit more dependent and it, it, the body goes pretty much on autopilot you know you do the things that you usually do you'll see a lot of people during this age they'll uh, meet with their friends or they'll just go to the coffee shop you'll see a lot of uh, seniors it's a daily routine they'll get up put their clothes on go to the mall or go to the coffee shop or sit out on the bench or play some cards and it's the same thing every single day now you're on autopilot now your mind is programmed to do the same thing every day everything every stage that you've ever been through it's led you to the stage now where you're in your routine you're on autopilot everything that you do and that you say is based on intuition and your intuition isn't just this random guessing game it's just every single experience every thought every mistake every win every loss everything that has ever been put into your internal memory begins to become like a computer, it's an automatic recall. So that's what your intuition really is. It's automatic recall. You can think and act within a split second. And that's what we we call intuition. And we think that it's just a guess, but it's really not a guess. It's uh, wisdom that's been accumulated. And then the thing, the event during this time in your life that will propel you into the moon chakra or the crown chakra. The moon or the crown chakra is completely separate from who we are. So as the sun is associated with the pineal gland, and just let me, I, I'm just going to remind you of something that I mentioned a while ago um, in a, a video that I posted a few years back called Melanin Sun Worship. 
and the New World, uh, Miscegenation and the New World Order. It was something like that. I don't remember what the title, exact title was, but um, I mentioned that during the day, your pineal gland will absorb energy from the sun, and at night, the pineal gland will transform that sun energy. It's like condensed sun energy, and it will transform that energy into melatonin, which is the hormone of darkness, which helps to put you to sleep and which actually helps the um, helps push uh, melanin into the, the melanocytes. And so it helps to create melanin, which act, it, so the pineal gland kind of acts as a battery throughout the night. And that's why it's associated with the sun. For me, that's why it makes sense that uh, this chakra, this crown chakra would be associated with the sun. But this crown chakra is physically inside of you. We know that the pineal gland exists inside of you. But when we talk about our crown chakra now, we're talking about our halo or our spirit, our aura or our soul, which is, it's outside of us, but it's around us. It's the energies that um, is generated from our physical body but it's able to be generated from our physical body because it comes from the spiritual realm. So the spiritual creates the physical, which continues to, I guess, propel or to move the spiritual. It is a cycle, and the cycle is so simple that it's difficult to explain. So you first don't exist, you know, Rene Descartes would say I think therefore I am but I am therefore I think I am a spirit and th therefore I think and therefore I generate energy and therefore I become this physical being who has a spirit <laughs> who can generate energy and create it, it's just a cycle that continues to go around without the spirit you can have no physical body and without the physical body, you'll have nothing to hold the spirit or to um, be a conduit for the spirit. You know, the spirit needs somewhere to be, somewhere to go. And before we were physical light beings, the spirit was just dark matter. This dark, energetic, magnetic, melanin energy out there in the void you know, before we had these hydrogen atoms, we had the dark that created the hydrogen atom. And that dark was the spirit and the soul. And that's why I, when I talk about dark magic, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about this unknown, esoteric, occult, hidden, secret energy. It has nothing to do with this Crowleyan um dark, negative, evil that we've associated with the dark. We know that man's greatest fear is the fear of the unknown. We fear not knowing what's going to happen. That's why we fear death. We fear the crown chakra. We fear the awakening. We fear the unknown. We fear the one. And that's why we're told to fear the God, this thing that we are calling the God, which is the one. It's the source. It's the creator. It's the accumulation or the sum of the chaos. It's the order, and it is associated with death. 
this stage of our life, the final stage of our life, the final stage of awakening is the death cycle. And when you reach the death cycle, this is when you are finally awake. And then you wake, you awake into this new reality, into this new realm. And then when you get to that new realm, you actually go right back into another light realm where you are reborn, wise and pure and innocent little baby all over again. So like I said, if you think about awakening, if you're really waking up, if you really believe that you're quote unquote woke, go back and think of all of these cycles of your life. What was the event that propelled you from childhood to adolescence and then from adolescence to early adulthood and then from early adulthood to later adulthood and from later adulthood to your middle age and from your middle age to being an elder and from being an elder to death. No one can ever tell you that they're fully awake if they've died. I know a lot of people talk about the afterlife, but we don't actually die until the spirit moves on. And so a lot of the time when you hear these stories about, you know, as on my deathbed, you know, my mother told the same story when she had her uh, operation and she, her, her heart actually stopped. My sister was there. She was witness to it and they had to bring her back. But her, your spirit doesn't leave you until it leaves you. It takes about, I'm going to say, a good seven seconds to die. You know, at least, you know, you have to be dead for a good seven seconds. You, you have to be gone, like your spirit has to be gone away from you at least that long before your brain becomes dead, you know or seven minutes, seven minutes to die, I would say. Um, I told my son it takes seven minutes to die. And he's like, why does it take seven minutes? Well, some people can hold their breath underwater for like four minutes. You know, the, the doctors can try to revive you for, you know, sometimes the doctor will try to revive you for like 20 minutes, but it's sometimes it's worthless because they're just pumping you full of drugs. And, you know, I, I'm not going to get into this at the end of this video, but, you know, it, it takes a good amount of time for your body, for your spirit to actually leave you. And when the spirit leaves you, it goes somewhere else. So your spirit is not going to leave you and then decide, you know what, maybe I'm going to come back and go back into this dead ass, you know, body. That's not going to happen. We, when we think of this life and death experience or this life after death experience, that's just this hypnagogic state, okay? It's the space between consciousness and awakeness. So you go into this state where you're kind of here, but you're not here, but you don't actually die. There's no such thing as life after, or, or as, um, you know, you a near-death experience. There's a near-death experience, but you don't actually die and then come back. There's no such thing as that. When you're dead, you're dead. I mean, we only die once, you know? So I'm going to leave it there. I was going to, in the next, uh, I, I think I'm going to do in the live stream, I'm going to talk a little bit about puberty, but just let me um, give you like a preview of what I wanted to talk about. Because a lot of men today, and uh, I'm going to talk about especially men, but in, in the next one, maybe I'll discuss it a little bit more with the masculine and the feminine but when it comes to our boys 
And when it comes to men, the reason why we're having such trouble in this world today is because we have a lot of men leading this consciousness movement. And a lot of the time, the women don't have a voice, especially in the black conscious community. I'm finding that the women are completely ignored. You know, they'll listen to the women sometimes when the women are talking about astrology. But other than that, the men are not trying to listen to the women and the women are not listening to the women either. The women are just interested in what the men are saying. And a lot of the reasons why what the men are saying are completely 100%, not 100%, I won't say 100%, but a lot of the time what the men are saying are wrong, and I know that it's wrong, is because the men have been robbed of their manhood uh, here in this realm. And so they never really become these gods who can go through the awakening because in the first part of the process, in that first stage where you need to go from your childhood to your adolescence, their childhood was robbed from them. A lot of us are circumcising our little boys. And when you, this is a ritual that was created by who you call the elite, you know, and the, the dominant group. This is a ritual that was created by them, especially by these men, these um, Judeo-Christian men. A lot of um, people in the Jewish religion uh, or in the uh, Muslim religion, they circumcise their little boys. And little boys are supposed to go through this phase in their life where the prepuce or the foreskin pulls away from the glands, what we call the head of the penis. So the the foreskin is supposed to naturally pull away from the head of the penis. And this happens at about the age of 10 or 11, between the age of 10 to 12, I'll say. And it's that time when, uh, that's the rite of passage. That's when a boy physically moves from childhood to adolescence. And this is a physical um, occurrence, an, a physical and natural occurrence that all of us or all boys should have had the, um, I was going to say have the pleasure, but <laughs> I don't, uh, it's not a pleasure, but the honor, you know, of going through all male, all males should have the honor of going through that stage where his penis pulls away or his foreskin pulls away from the head and he finally realizes that he becomes a man and if you've allowed your son to do that you'll see an immediate change in him and you'll realize and he'll even come to you and let you know that this has happened and or if you've talked to your boy about it then he should know that this is what he should be expecting I talked to my son about that and told him that that's what he should expect and over the years as a child we saw that happening little by little it would pull away and then eventually it pulls away naturally you know I don't really mess with men who are circumcised because I know that their manhood have been robbed of them and I know I'm going to have difficulties with them. So a lot of the time, um, I don't spend too much time. I'll get into that in the next video where I don't spend too much time, you know, waiting around three months to have sex with a man only to find out that the man is circumcised and that we're never going to go anywhere anyway, um, because they're robbed of that. And so a lot of the time, in these people who uh, perform these circumcision rituals, they'll substitute it with other rituals. You know, they'll have these children be born again 
and they'll rub them in holy water. They'll put this holy water in your babies and only God knows what's in that holy water because we know that we're born from holy sacred water from the womb and you don't need to be born twice because you're only, you're only born once, you only live once and you only die once, okay? So there is no being born again, but these people want to take the man from the mother's holy water Men who have been, uh, little boys who have been born from the mother's holy water, they want to snip their little penis off, you know, cut them off from any chance of having the honor of be naturally becoming a man. And then they want to replace it with rituals like uh, sports and um, military or gangs and... Um, you know, what we see today, all, all this hip hop culture or gang culture or, you know, military culture, you know, what we see today, even they replace it with bar mitzvahs and sweet 16s and things like that, you know, just to help these boys become men. And we want to put them in sports thinking that's going to help them become a man. No, they, they had something in place the same way a little girl had uh, menstruation in place to help her to become a woman. Men or little boys had that in place, that separation from the um, glands, the foreskin from the glands that would help him to realize that he is now a man. And a lot of us have taken that away from the man. And th there are other rituals that I'll get into uh, in the live the next time uh, when we talk about masculinity and femininity in the physical realm and why a lot of our girls are losing it now because we want to teach them, especially black women, we're teaching, we're going through this thing called hypergamy where black women never knew even how to spell words like hypergamy and can barely even read and write. And they're talking about such a big word called hypergamy. And that's because these people are putting this idea in our heads that we need to be more feminine. There's nothing more feminine than a black woman. But now uh, these people have us monetizing you know, or, you know, promoting this thing called hypergamy because they've now monetized it. And so now they're telling black women how to be feminine when black women have always been the epitome of feminine, of femininity. Okay. So they've stolen and robbed uh, femininity from black women and they've robbed masculinity from black males. And now black men are trying to tell black women how to be women uh, when they don't even know how to be men and black women are telling black uh, men how to be men when uh, they don't even know how to be women. So this is why we have a lot of this confusion and chaos. It's because people have been robbed of or separated from what is naturally right and uh, from their natural uh, right rites of passage. And so we'll get into that in the next time. Thank you for watching. And I believe the email was the female sex at blogspot.com. Oh my God. I don't know why I could not get that. The female sex at blogspot.com. Again, send me an email to the female sex at gmail.com with, uh, add me to the reading list in the subject line. You do not leave, need to leave a message. Just say, add me to the reading list. Use the email that you want to use for to get on the reading list. And this will be the first podcast that is downloadable for you. And you can put it on your phone or listen to it while you're on the bus or the train or in the car or whatever. And I'm going to come to you like this from here on out. 
uh, we've done all of the edited videos with the images and all that, but now it's time to actually hear the message and, and not uh, focus too much, much on the messenger. Uh, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the week. And I will see you again on the 9.